Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast. Oh, there it goes. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Norson, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me once again, uh, sir, uh, Mr. Akshaz Dividuela. Sir, how are we doing tonight, man? Pretty good. Um, as well as we can be with football coming up this weekend. The Niners starting their second half of the season. But, you know, some terrible news coming from Santa Clara about Jason Barrett. So, a damper for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to um, – that was definitely on the list of things to talk about. And I suppose we can we can start right there um, before we get into talking about the, uh, the Chargers matchup for this coming Sunday. Um it was, it was, I was all ready to go. I was thinking about it this afternoon. I was like, you know, we're going to talk about how healthy this team is and how they're getting them back up to, up to speed. And, you know, they're as healthy, healthy as they've been since week one, blah, 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 blah. And I, I, I guess technically that's still true in spite of this injury. But, man, this is I, – I just, like, I feel so bad um, for, obviously, for those of you um, who are not paying attention, but uh, came out this afternoon um, that Jason Verrett tore his Achilles in practice uh, this today. Um, apparently, um, according to reports, that pretty much shut practice down when that happened. Uh, the team was pretty much like, we we we're we're done. Like we can't um, we we can't continue with practice anymore. And so they kind of shut things down for the day. Um, obviously he was coming off an ACL injury that he sustained in week one of what, 2021, um, against the lions. Um, this is, that was already what his third ACL uh, injury in his career. And I believe this is the first time he's done his Achilles, but um, second time, second time he's, he's done his he Achilles. tore his Achilles on his other foot. So he's done both Achilles and both ACLs at this point. Yeah. Golly. Um, I mean, I, I just don't know what to say. Like, I, this is just such a, this, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know, man, like, this is just horrible. Like the poor guy, like is clearly, a t- has, has been a, a, 
an act. He's one of the most talented defenders on this team when he's right, but he's just never been right. He was right for one year with the Niners in 2020. Um, and he was with the team before that, you know, coming off a, 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 a major injury and he, he never really got on the field. Um, he played a couple of snaps against the Steelers. I think that 20 in the Super Bowl season. Right. Um, and was looked really out of place and everybody was like, okay, like he's clearly lost it. Came back the next year and was on fire. And then they brought him back for 21 and tore the ACL. I mean, he was well on his way. And it seemed by all accounts that he was he was ready to he was going to play on Sunday. Right. Um, that they were going to get him out there and they were going to activate him and, and use him. And then all of a sudden. Just I mean, I don't know what else you can say about this. This is just horrible, horrible, horrible fortune, horrible injury luck. Or is it just who knows? I mean, it's just it's bad. Like and, and you, you can't help but feel feel for the guy. Yeah, I mean. For me, anyway, for as long as I've been a fan of the team, this is the first player I've actually seen his body just give up on him almost. And it's heartbreaking to just see Jason Barrett fight back from a major injury, establish himself back to somewhat of the standard he had before he went through everything. Then he gets hurt last year, and he's devastated. And you're like, okay. Hopefully he can make it again. He's coming back. Everyone's super excited. You know, he's super excited. They're easing him in. And then a non-contact injury in practice, tearing your other Achilles. I mean, that's, you know, football players and I get professional athletes process emotions very differently from the rest of us in some ways. There's a certain mindset you need to have to be the best of the best in these sports leagues, but... That'll, that can get down on someone a lot. I can only imagine. I mean, we saw there's an, another analogy to a barrier team with Clay Thompson tearing his own Achilles after mm-hmm. his ACL tear. And that was like Clay's been very open about the like mental difficulty and the like depression he went through just dealing with that. And I mean, for Barrett, it's, it's a constant uphill battle. So Obviously, there's, like, implications on the 49ers roster and all that and how their season progresses, but that's really not, like, what matters in light of, like, just, like, it's a shame. And it's so, mm-hmm. it's painful because, yeah. by all accounts, he seems like a great person, someone who, um, I think there was a tweet by Dave Lombardi about how D'Amico Ryans has credited Emmanuel Mosley's growth in large part to Barrett's like teachings and guidance, like a leader in the locker room, someone everyone clearly like followed along and like respected. And yeah, it's a it's horrible, horrible situation. Yeah. And and it I mean, and this is something that's these injuries have, have plagued him all the way back to his time at, at TCU, as I recall. That was the one thing about him, you know, coming out of college was, you know, clearly a top talent, um, but can he stay healthy? And the unfortunate answer for the entirety of his career has been he, he can't. He's been fantastic when he has, um, but it's just it's, it's just really unfortunate. Um, yeah, I don't know. He'll he'll turn 32 uh, next summer. Um, 
and and you got to think at this point in his career with with this the number of setbacks he's had you know they they professional athletes talk about you get to the point you know it's time to retire when when you just don't want to put in in the work anymore to to kind of get back whatever to whatever level you need to and you got to think that's even like more exacerbated by injury when injury comes into play it's not just about getting yourself right just to play at a regular basis when those injuries come in yeah i think that's it's even it's even worse so it'll be interesting to see what he chooses to do i mean i think the niners will give him another shot um but the fact of the matter is this is happening so late in the year i I think the timetable on on achilles is is a little shorter than than an acl but there's there's no way he's going to be even if if they if he's like okay i want to give another shot and the team's like all right fine we'll we'll bring in like a veteran minimum type of situation there's no way he's ready for the start of the regular season next year right um i mean and you can't count on him that's the other thing too is as much as you hate to say that you you can't expect that he'll be a team a player that's able to contribute until he gets out there and and shows you that he is and so you can't make a plan with him as your sort of number one or number two option. And, you know, as, and I don't mean to, I don't mean that as like a disparaging thing. It's just the unfortunate case of, of his career. And it's, it's again, really unfortunate and really sad. And um, I hope whatever decision he makes, he makes the best decision for himself. And it's not about, you know, a football thing. It's just, maybe it's, if it's time, if he feels like it's time to, to, to go, then, and I hope him uh, that he finds a way to to get himself back back to health and, and that sort of thing. Or if he wants to come back, then we'll see how that goes. But right now, it's just uh, you know good good uh, thoughts heading towards Jason Brett and his family as they head into yet another uh, rehab situation. Yeah, um, not to belabor the point too much, but with this Achilles. I mean, given the necessary slow ramp-up you would have to have coming off two major leg injuries, there's, like, next year is probably entirely gone. So, who knows? Um, I don't know enough about the cap to know what happens when you sign someone (laughs) and put them on, like, physically unable to perform for a full year. How that, like, tolls, what that does to your cap. But... I think if the Niners could see a way for him to be a contributor at any point, they'll always offer him a deal. And I think it's, like you said, I mean, I I don't know how he's thinking. All I know is if I was in the type of position he was in, I don't know if I'd be able to go add another rehab. I might, like, call it, because it's not just rehabbing, like, your Achilles. It's rehabbing, too the strain that like you have to put on it as a football player. I don't know if I could go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally with you for sure. Um, so, um, not to, not to just make a, a horrible transition, but, uh, there are, uh, as we kind of move into the, the, uh, the preview for the, the chargers game, obviously the Niners are coming out of the bye week. Um, chargers had a, you know, kind of an interesting matchup on Sunday, um, in their, uh, their week, let's see, week nine game against the Falcons came out with a win. They are five and three on the season, um, but they are um, in in a similar way that to the Niners, uh, 
pretty banged up at this particular point. Um, if you look at their injury list, they have some notable players that have yet to practice this year, including wide receiver Keenan Allen. Um, their kicker, Dustin Hopkins, is out, um, has been uh, on the sidelines so far this week with practicing. Uh, he's got a hamstring injury. Actually, both of them have hamstring injuries. Um, Trey Pip- Pipkins, uh, their um, offensive tackle, has not practiced yet this week. Um, they've seen um, uh, Mike Mike Williams, their other wide receiver, hasn't practiced with an ankle this week. And they've got uh, Trey McKitty, a tight end who also has a hamstring, has been limited so far. There's a couple other names on there, but they've uh, either been limited or, or moved into full practices throughout the rest of the week, including their other offensive tackle, uh, Jamory Saylor, um, Chris Rumpf, uh, a linebacker, and uh, Troy Reeder, another linebacker, has, has was sidelined for a little bit. Um, and then they had another linebacker whose last name I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. Amen Ogbongbengma, I guess, is what I'm going to go with. Um, he's had a groin injury, but he's he seems like he's good to go. Um, obviously, the most notable names on those lists are the fact that their two best wide receivers are on it. And both um, with injuries that I, I think have kept them out for the last several, several weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Keenan Allen is another one of those players he's not quite to Verrett's level in terms of like he just keeps he seems to keep getting hurt um from you know on little nagging things here and there that that limit his ability to to get out on the field um let's see he's um just looking really quickly at their their offensive numbers Keenan Allen's only playing two only played in two games so far this season he has six catches for 77 yards Mike Williams has played in seven games he has 37 catches for 95 495 yards uh but their their wide receiver group is pretty thin beyond that um yeah it's just an interesting it, that that will whether or not those two are able to go and i know for sure they didn't play last week against uh against atlanta that, that could have a pretty big impact on whether or not the the chargers are going to be able to be successful in this game coming up against the 49ers yeah um there's a lot of talent just not going to be out there. And it's particularly salient given just how weird the charges are. And it goes beyond like <laughs> the, like, I guess, yearly occurrence of the charges being the most confounding team in football. They're just, they have, in my opinion, one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I honestly think Justin Herbert is top three. Like in terms of raw ability, if you want, if you need someone to like throw you a football to win a game, he's one of the he's on the short short list of guys you want. But their offensive scheme is insane. I've never seen an offensive coordinator with such a highly talented quarterback like Justin Herbert so widely like universally derided by <laughs> analysts, like fans, like opposing everything. It's this offense scores 23 points per game. That's insane. How do you score only 23 points per game with Justin Herbert as your quarterback? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I imagine the 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 surround the players around him are also going to have something to do with that to a certain extent, right? Like the fact that his 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 top. Uh, receiving options and his offensive line has been in shambles this year. I mean, we noted two of their two offensive tackles who've who have been on the injured list of of late. It doesn't look like uh, Pipkins is going to play on uh, on Sunday, so that's 
definitely a, a loss for them in that particular case. Um, again, we'll see what happens, but I'm totally there with you. I, I don't, I'm, I haven't watched enough of Justin Herbert to, to, to know if I, I would put him that high in terms of like rankings, but he is certainly as far as like a talent, it's pretty clear that he has the, the physical tools that, that are up there with some of the best um, in the league. And for whatever reason, they have just not taken advantage of, of his, of his talent. Um, and then aside from the fact that, and I believe you made mention of this last week when we were talking about this game a little bit, just one of the most bizarrely coached teams in the NFL. Um, like Brandon Staley, I, I think it's pretty clear he's not not a great head coach, right? Um, and there's a, a, a pretty good chance that if they were coached by somebody else, that this team might have been in the definitely would have been in the playoffs last year and might have been able to make some noise, uh, having done so. Um, but that uh, last that week 18 game against the Raiders where they just fell apart and then made some absolutely mind boggling mistakes near the end. Um, I, I don't think it's a lack of talent on this team. I, I truly don't. I think it's just, they, they are not being held to a standard that they should. And you noted a couple of things that, and we'll get into some of those pieces here in a little bit once we dive deeper into the game. But I think that's certainly interesting to, to pay attention to from a, from a Chargers point of view. Yeah, I just think there it's one of those teams where when you lose, if you lose to the Chargers, it almost always is like, a, well, okay. Like, it's to be expected insofar as a team with Justin Herbert, obviously Keenan Allen and Mike Williams may not be playing, but Austin Eckler, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, like... These are names, when you hear them, you're like, okay, like, we shouldn't win. Like, this is a talented, talented roster. And like you said, Brandon Staley is probably in over his head as a head coach, which personally pains me because I thought he was a really, really good hire. And I was really interested in what he would have done. But he seems to just not get it, I guess. And, yeah, they're just... They're confounding. It's one of those. It's one of those teams where every year I think they're going to be incredible, and then they're not. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's very 49ers esque insofar as there's never a sense of consistency. But where the 49ers have always managed to get it together when they have a legitimate team, the Chargers just are incapable of doing that. It seems. Yeah, very, very, very unfortunate. Um, so let's uh, wrap up the the injury related news with some actually some fairly good news from a 49ers point of view. Um, really, really important names that look to be on their way back for the game on Sunday. Uh, Dre Greenlaw has been limited in practice, but there's I think there's an outside chance he could be ready. I wouldn't be terribly surprised if they hold him out another week uh, just to kind of make sure he's he's good to go. Um, especially because Aziz Alshire appears to be ahead of schedule in terms of returning from uh, the IR. So I think there's a pretty good chance that Al Shire might kind of jump Greenlaw, at least for this week, and and just kind of let Greenlaw take another another week off and, and kind of get ready for uh, for next week. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think there's a there's a chance that both of them could play, but if if both of them don't, I think Greenlaw is the most likely not to at this point. Uh, Juwan Jennings seems to be good to go from his uh, hamstring injury. Kyle Juszczyk all set um, from that finger injury which was like super gross um to, to look at by the way i don't know why people were sending that picture around of his finger like 
hanging off the football. It's kind of weird. Debo Samuel uh, seems to be good to go with his hamstring injury. Uh, Man, I'm super excited (laughs) to get Debo out there with Christian McCaffrey and all the rest of those fun uh, offensive weapons. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Jimmy Ward has been uh, progressing with the hand um, injury. Not sure what the timetable is in terms of when he's going to get that cast off, but I guess the sooner the better uh, with him. And then Trent Williams all set to go. He did have a veteran rest day on Wednesday, but is fully practicing as well. Um, The two bits of bad news outside of Verrett, who we already mentioned, um, Eric Armstead, man, but he, again, talk about bad breaks. He's just, it feels like his injuries are just kind of piling up on each other in a very literal sense. Um, he's had a foot and an ankle injury. I saw something, uh, today that the, 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 the foot's like, like real bad, something particularly bad. Um, and I don't know exactly what's going on. He hasn't practiced this week. They were talking about the fact that he could be, he could be back for this week, but I, I don't know what you'd do with that. This it's, it's seeming stranger and stranger that they'd never put him on IR at this particular point. I think they thought that the injury was going to heal up a little bit faster. And now it's been like what, six weeks or something like that. And he's, and he hasn't played while still being on the active roster. I don't know if that was a, a thing they were hedging or, or, or hoping that it was going to work out, but it's it seems like it's not been so good. Um, and then the other one is Samson Ebicom uh, with quad and an Achilles um, hasn't practiced yet this week. So looking unlikely, I would imagine he would be considered doubtful for the game, depending on how Thursday goes. But um, yeah, I would, th- I would say by and large, again, outside of the horrible Verrett news and Armstead's confounding injury this season. And then Ebicom, who's been bothered by that Achilles injury. And I imagine that's probably related the quad. I imagine you know, if you got Achilles tightness that could move up the the back of the leg and into your into your uh, upper regions of your uh, your muscles there, and so that might be what's causing the the quad injury um, t- to a certain extent. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but um, he's been dealing with that Achilles thing since they got back from uh, since uh, they were in West Virginia after the Carolina game. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, looks like they're mostly heading in the right direction injury wise. And again, knock on wood and everything else. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing the like returning people kind of like further demonstrate is that the success of this team in the second half is going to fall in the offense more than the defense. Yeah, I mean they're going to be loaded at basically every position they need to be. There's no excuses anymore. While your defense is still healing up and sorting itself out, you got to be able to put points on the board and will yourself to some wins. Yeah, I didn't even mention uh, Elijah Mitchell because he's not on the injury report because he's not technically on the roster right now. Um, seems to be trending in the right direction as well uh, to come back, I think, uh, by all accounts, or at least by his own account, <laughs> according to things that he's been telling uh, the beat reporters. He's he's going to be ready to play um, on Sunday, and I think that was the anticipated, which was the reason that they felt comfortable to a certain extent letting Jeff Wilson go, um, is that Mitchell would be ready to go for this week. Um, I imagine if he does play, he'll be on a, on a pretty tight snap count. Um, but man, I, I think, I think he is a really good pairing with McCaffrey cause he's, they are not the same kind of back at all. Um, but I think he's the type where you could put him and McCaffrey on the field at the same time. And what, what are you going to do with that from a defensive point of view? I just, frankly, I don't know. Um, cause that's a tough one. <laughs> I agree. I think 
Personally, I think Jeff Wilson, who has played really well in this last game against Miami, I think he had an equal snap share to Raheem Mostert, which is insane. Just a week you've been traded. I think he's, um, I think he's actually was more of a fit with McCaffrey just because of his like very like aggressive hard nosed style. But I think you're right. There's like an interesting way to pair CMC with Mitchell and get like, I mean, with McCaffrey, anywhere you put him, it's a matchup <laughs> nightmare. So it's like, just use him, manipulate defenses, and you got a good running back in Mitchell with him. Yeah, not to mention, you know, Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and anybody even, else that you want to throw out there. Even use check. It's just, fun, imagine, yeah, have fun. imagine the Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, Juszczyk, McCaffrey, like whatever grouping, that's tr- any type of personnel group you want it to be. You can have like two tight ends, you can have one tight end, you can have no tight ends, two running backs, three running backs. It's insane. There's so much. I mean, it's one of those things, I think we definitely, everyone talks about it when McCaffrey got like got to San Francisco. It's like, okay, how crazy can Kyle Shanahan get? I think we'll see part of it. He's got a whole bye week to come up with something crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, thoughts and prayers for Ronaldo Hill, who is the um, the defensive coordinator for the Chargers, um, for lots of reasons, which I'm sure we're going to get in here, get into here in just a second. Um, but uh, yeah, there we go. All right, so uh, let's make the 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 smooth transition directly into um, the the. The, the meat and potatoes of the, the preview uh, for the Chargers game. Obviously, Sunday night football, which is really nice coming out of a bye. You get not only the whole week off, but also a little bit, a few more hours there if you don't have to wait till, uh, to, to play your game until a couple hours later. So that's nice um, for, the, for the 49ers. Um, so, as always, what we are going to do is we're going to look at a reason for optimism for this game from the 49ers' perspective. And then a, a reason that we might be concerned. So, Akshaj, I'll start with you, sir. Um, a reason for optimism uh, heading into this Chargers matchup. The Los Angeles Chargers have allowed 1,164 rushing yards on the year at a clip of 5.7 yards per rush attempt or 145.5 rushing yards per game. Their best run defender is injured. Joey Bosa will also not be playing. Against a team that loves to run the ball like the 49ers, has not only Christian McCaffrey and potentially Elijah Mitchell, but Debo Samuel as well. And one of, if not the smartest offensive mind in Kyle Shanahan and how to get the run game going, even with Mike McDaniel not on the roster anymore, this has the potential to be a bloodbath. Like, just without even like hedging a little, if the Chargers don't shore up their run defense, they can't stay on the field. Like literally, their offense won't be able to get on the field against the 49ers.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm right. I'm right. Right there with you. Um, this is just. This is my. The craziest thing is. Um, they're only. They've only. Uh, faced 204. And obviously, and I, I understand this is how runs and yards per attempt work. But they've only uh, faced 204 rushing attempts, which is only 12th in the league. So they're not even really that. They haven't been under that much pressure. They've seen more pass attempts than rush attempts, which is I think pretty normal. But as you noted, that 5.7 yards per attempt is, is last in the league. Um, so just just to kind of give you a sense of of how this has been going, they started off okay um, on on their in their rushing defense. They gave up 64 yards to the Raiders in Week One, 93 to Kansas City in Week Two. But it has been wow, just absolutely um, insane from there. Uh, 151 to the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week Three, 131 to Houston. In week four, uh, 200 and 213 to the Cleveland Browns in week five. You want to know the craziest part of all that? They what? won two out of those three games. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, they beat the Texans and the Browns um, by the nature of those teams being horrible in pretty much every other facet of the game. Um, 
only 98 yards to the Broncos, but that was a pretty low scoring affair and the Broncos offense is not good. Um, so that's not terribly surprising. Uh, the Broncos only managed 258 yards of total offense on that game, 213 yards to the Seahawks in a week seven loss, um, where they gave up 37 points to the Seattle Seahawks who might be good. Um, and then last week coming off a bye week, no less 201 to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so as you note, this is this has got to be a, a team. Kyle Shanahan has got to just absolutely be just licking his chops, going, okay, all right, I got this team exactly where I want them. Um, I got Christian McCaffrey, I got Elijah Mitchell coming back, I got Debo Samuel. I I haven't we haven't seen you know what we haven't seen in a long time. I was just thinking about this. We haven't seen a Brandon Ayuk like jet sweep in probably like two years. Um, so he's got. This could be the opportunity for the for the bag of tricks to just come out for for Kyle Shanahan from the running game perspective. Like if they don't, what did I say? Two. So they've given up 213 yards twice uh, to the Seahawks and the Browns. Um, if they don't, if the Niners don't beat that, I, I will be utterly surprised, like just shocked, because I think I think Shanahan's he seems like the type of guy that's going to look at that number and go, I can beat that. I can do it. I can get to 240. I can get to 250. <laughs> like, what, what do you think? Like, it's he seems like just petty enough that he's gonna want to make sure that he has more rushing yards than the than the the Chargers have given up so far this year. Um, and that would be three weeks in a row of the Chargers giving up uh, 200 plus yards on the ground and um, three, four out of their last five games. So <laughs> that's not trending um, upward. And as as we were talking about before we record, we started recording. Um, the news just broke that the, the, um, chargers parted ways with a uh, defensive tackle, Jerry Tillery, who they drafted back in 2019 in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, the real world and what happened, uh, he was on their injury list listed as a non non injury related thing. Didn't practice uh, Wednesday or Thursday. And then all of a sudden, uh, about an hour or so ago just said he's, he's gone. Um, they hadn't picked up his fifth year option so far as I was aware. Um, I, I don't think that they would have done, they would have released him if they had, cause that would be guaranteed, um, either way. So an interesting move for sure. Um, but one that I don't know, uh, I, that may impact this even further. Like if, if he was one of their top interior defensive linemen and they're a their def- their defensive efforts uh, against the run has been this bad. Could it get worse? This would be the question that I have. I think that's the craziest part of it is that I don't even know if Tillery was playing all that well. But regardless of whether he was or not, he was getting a lot of snaps. I think so. The defensive tackle who I think from the statistics I saw was most good against with run stops was Austin Johnson. He was placed on injured reserve. So there, I mean, they're like really thin down there, which is insane. It might be the only time, I think you mentioned this, the Niners will be facing a team that might be more banged up than they are. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be one of those things where whenever we do our recap, if we're not talking about the run game dominating, we're talking about a loss. Like these, there's in order for things to not go right on the ground, the 49ers have to have like a bunch of big 
big issues like everywhere else to where they just simply choose not to run the ball. Because I cannot think with the way Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford have been playing, not to mention Trent Williams and adding Kyle Juszczyk, that if you just run the ball forward at the Chargers, you won't get like four or five yards. So I don't have the specific I, yeah, stat I, on me, but I read somewhere, they allowed like the most yards after contact of any team on a run, of any team in the league. Like, they're, what's happening down at that defensive line is insane, which is crazy because Brandon Staley got the job in large part of his ability to use a too high safety system that could still stop the run. But it's just like, it's not there at all in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and, and the, the big thing about them coming into this season was, oh, they added Khalil Mack like to that already like vaunted defense with Joey Bosa and Derwin James and, you know, and uh, you know, some other key, key players along that defensive um, on that defensive side of the ball, and you know Asante Samuel Jr. as uh, in the back in the defensive backfield, uh, Nasir Adderley uh, at the other safety position. But man, it's just been the front, <laughs> the front uh, part of that defense is is falling apart. And you know, not not to mention the fact that they they gave J.C. Jackson a big contract at the beginning of the year, and he has been who um, a disappointment. Uh, would be an understatement, and I believe he's on the injured reserve now. Um, and I think his yeah. his his season's done. So they're just like a mess. And and the fact that, but they're five and three. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Uh, which goes to show you, like, I mean, if their defense was halfway decent, would they be undefeated? Would they be, you know, seven and one or something like that? I don't I don't know. It's just it's wild, 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 wild. Um, you know, they'd lost to the chiefs, which is nothing bad there and the Jags and the Seahawks. And I, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Um, anyway, so again, right there with you in terms of that, I just wanted to throw another number at you. Um, and they're there as far as their rushing defense, um, DVOA, uh, which is a football outsiders uh, metric doesn't actually have them as the worst rushing defense in the league, according to their metric. Um, while they are at 29th in the NFL at a 5.5% uh, number, uh, the Houston Texans have the worst rushing defense per DVOA at 14.7%. Yowza. Um, so that's, what, almost three times worse than the Chargers from a DVOA perspective? Um, I mean, but the fact of the matter is, in this case, raw stats. The raw stats say the Chargers are just, um, just not good in that particular uh, area, so... Um, all right, um, Akshaz, let's move into the other side of it and talk about reason, a reason or reasons for concern that you might have, have heading into this matchup. I think there's only one concern I have, and that's just Justin Herbert. There's no other... The charges being 5-3 and three is an indication of his like elite ability. And I think so long as he's on the Chargers and is playing against the Niners, there's no way to know if it's going to be like a dumb performance or if the Niners can even win because he's, I honestly believe, he's one of the few quarterbacks where you can say, go like win us this game and he can do it. Like 
his arm is, if not the best, maybe the second best arm the NFL. He could make any throw possible. And his, like, this offensive scheme works against his, like, prodigious arm talent. But still, like, 5-3 is 5-3 for a reason. That's in large part because their offense, under Herbert and with Austin Eckler, can put up points. And I think looking at this game and looking at the stats we've talked about and the people coming back, the only way I see the 49ers losing a game like this is if Herbert and the Chargers offense so thoroughly like annihilates the defense early that the 49ers are forced to move away from the ground game. Because that's the only way I can't see them controlling like this game. So he's one of the few quarterbacks in the NFL. I'd say him, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes right now for me are the four QBs where it's like, so long as they're in the game, I would never feel 100% confident saying you'll win because you just never know. Sometimes they just do something incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, it's a exact, exactly what I wrote down um, as far as, as uh, my areas for concern as well. Justin Herbert, um, not only has, has he got the physical tools in as just as a as a, a thrower of the football, but you know he's he's a reasonably athletic guy as well. Um, he's not you know the small kind of slippery fellow that 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 guys like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson are, um, but he he does have good athleticism and he, and he can create space in the pocket and, you know, get out of it when he needs to. Um, and, and so that, that would be a, a, an area of concern as well. And then you, you noted Austin Eckler, who's pretty much outside of Herbert, the entire offense for this team. Um, some interesting numbers. He leads the team in rushing attempts uh, with 98. That's wild, man. Just 98 rushes through uh, this many games, 427 yards. It's 4.4 yards per attempt. Um, just 53.4 yards rushing per game, um, which sadly leads the team <laughs> uh, for the Chargers. But his uh, value is obviously in the sort of multifaceted element that he offers. He's also caught 60 balls for 381 yards um, and uh, four touchdowns. He does have six rushing touchdowns, by the way. Um, the other incredible thing about him is that he's been targeted 69 times, which means he's caught 87% of the balls that have been thrown his direction, which is a just insane clip. Um, and so basically he, um, he picks up about 5.1 yards per touch. He's touched the ball 158 times so far this year. He's picked up 800, 808 yards uh, for, from scrimmage. Uh, the next closest guy to him uh, is Mike Williams. who has 495 yards. And obviously, like I said, he hasn't played um, recently. So, and is maybe not going to play this week. So it's very much about like keeping Herbert under control, which might be easier to do if he's missing a guy like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And then from there, just kind of keying in on, on Eckler. And I think the Niners have, well, I think they have the personnel in, um, you know, a guy like, especially if Aziz Alshire is able to play, um, where he can, he and um, and Fred Warner in the, at the linebacker position can really keep him under control um, and watch for. I think that'd be a good opportunity for Talano Hufanga to kind of wa- be watching out for Eckler as well in a position like that. But he's definitely somebody to watch out for. And as you said, if this is a game that kind of gets out of control for the Niners, it's going to be a situation where the the Chargers are able to make some plays because Justin Herbert is is quite good. 
and um, the Niners have to get away. That's the only circumstance under which I think they get away from the run because I think they're going to try to see if they can just gash this Chargers team on, on Sunday for sure. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's it can be it can I think there are really only two scripts to this game. I can't see this being a close game. There's just no way the Niners if the Niners are able to get into a consistent rhythm on the ground that they this game gets away from them and simultaneously if the Chargers are able to blitz the Niners defense. Like I just I can't see it being close. Which will be a shame because that's a Thursday, the Sunday night game that's probably not very interesting. But I mean, if it's if it's not close from a, from a Niners perspective, I'm I'm totally fine with it. I can I can deal with that. <laughs> Just me, you know. These games are these games are late on the East Coast, man. I gotta like enjoy. I don't I like staying up for them when they when they end out end up well for us. So I'm I'm all for that. It's a sacrifice. I'm I'm personally willing to make that sacrifice of watching a boring yeah, game I'm, if the Niners win. For sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think they're, you know, the the Chargers, we didn't talk about their their passing defense, but it's you know kind of all right. Um, kind of middle of the road in terms of passing yards allowed. Um, uh, they're 14th in the NFL so far. They're going up 1,654 passing yards, um, six, point, uh, six yards per attempt. Um, which is not not horrible. That's 11th in the league. Um, their defense just gives up points, man. That's that's really been the big thing. Um, and some of that is they've given them nine rushing touchdowns. Um, and they just it's just too many points. And I don't know if they're going to be able to because as you noted, they don't they're not scoring a lot of points either. Um, again, middle in the middle of the road uh, in in the league in that regard, just 23 points per game. The Niners have not been putting up a lot of points themselves, but I think of if the hopefully the Rams game is that kind of jump start. We talked about this last last week, the this jump start into getting the offense really cooking and now they have all the pieces starting to get back with, with uh Elijah Mitchell coming in with McCaffrey and 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 with Debo and with Brandon Ayuk and with George Kittle. Um that there's enough to go around kind of thing. Um so I'm hoping for that. So let's um Let's do predictions then for the for the uh, the game. What do you think? Uh, how do you think this goes? What's the final score? I'm going to say 31-17 for the good guys. I just think... 31. I just think there's no way... I, I don't see like a 50 spot or something because I just don't see that type of game. I see a very like done in like under... I think three hours, or I don't actually remember what would be a super fast NFL game. But <laughs> clocks keeps on going. By the fourth quarter, the Chargers defenders are sick of it, as like I think any person would be. The Niners just like steamroll them. Yeah. Um, I was right, r- almost right there with you. I said 31 13. Because uh, as you were noting, I think it's going to be very difficult for the chargers to score any points. If the Niners are putting up 31 points on this team, it's probably because they're at that 200 plus yards of, of, of rushing offense. And then, you know, maybe Jim Garoppolo get Garoppolo gets to throw the ball a little bit. I, I can definitely see this being one of those like 
he's like 12 of 17 for 142 <laughs> yards kind of thing you know it's like oh okay like no oh, grappolo is there <laughs> great job buddy like um but he's not really going to be a factor in this game this is it's probably not going to be like the the packers nfc championship thing with where Moser just went off and garoppolo was basically just like the human handoff machine um but if, if the Niners get to like 31 points and they're predominantly going to be running the ball, um, I just don't know that the Chargers are going to have the ball enough to score more than a touchdown and maybe two. But I'm, I'm going to give the Niners some 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 credit. Their defense is going to going to hold a little bit um, and so hold them under under 14 points. So I think it's I think this is a, a, a game and I and I just read about this. So if, if you're listening to this and you're uh can head over to the to Niner Noise, and I did some predictions for the rest of the season. Um, I this is a game that I, I definitely have them winning. I, I think this is going to be a jump start to a, a, a nice little winning streak. Uh, I'll I'll leave it at that, and I'll let you go uh, go find out the uh, the outcome of where, where I think they're going to finish um, by by reading that uh, that that story. So spent some time on it. Turned out pretty well, I think. So. Um, Actually, any uh, final words about this uh, this Chargers matchup before we wrap things up? Um, I just think this is an important game. I think it's more important than we like might have mentioned. They're four and four. The Niners are. They're technically the seventh seed right now, but this is one of those games that, with how many winnable games they lost in the first half of the season, you got to pick this up somehow. We seem to think it'll be pretty easy. I'm not too concerned about it getting away from them, but you know, this is a team unparalleled in its inconsistency beyond basically the charges. So they just gotta they gotta take care of business and go on that winning streak. And if you want to see that winning streak actually like spelled out, you should check out Robert's article. Ah, there you go. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. All right. Um well thanks as always for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast. Part of the Fansided Podcast Network. As always, check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.